Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. And I'm excited because today is a solo episode. I've been doing so many of the career change interviews. It's actually nice to have a bit of an opportunity to, in this episode, give you a bit of an insight into some of the common themes that have been bubbling up through the interview series that I've been doing. So if you're a new listener to the podcast, then hello. And to let you know that this year I made the decision to set myself the challenge of doing 40 interviews with women who made a career change to start their own business after the age of 40. And so that's what I've been doing as part of the podcast this year. And it has been so interesting to do that project and to see the different stories about why women have made the change, the concerns they had before they made the change, the challenges they faced after they made the change, all of those kinds of insights. And where I'm at now is sort of midway through the project and have done about 20 of these podcast interviews. And so I wanted to just do a quick snapshot in time, I guess, of sharing some of the insights that I have noticed from doing the interviews about four of the really common challenges that a lot of the women that I've interviewed shared were challenges that they faced. So they're obviously kind of common ground in women making this kind of a change. So I want to share them with you so that if you're considering making a change to start your own business or you're early in that process, You can realize that if you can relate to any of these four challenges, that you're not alone and you're not the only freak in the room that has this problem. And so I really want to be sharing them with you so that you can get some insights on how you can perhaps avoid them or work around them if they're already present for you. So let's have a look at what these top four challenges are. Firstly, in no particular order, First challenge that was a common theme across a lot of the interviews is mindset and the impact of mindset on business results. And it's something that came up in a lot of of interviews. So one that comes to mind is uh, Emma Paulette, who went from being a very successful state manager in an FMCG role in Sydney and she now has moved to beautiful Albany in WA and has started her own business as a PT and a yoga instructor and one of the mindset pieces that she shared was the shift in thinking from approaching her business almost like it was just a little hobby on the side and getting to a point of realizing that well actually if she was really taking it seriously she has to start thinking of it as a business and 
that's something that is really common. There's a client that I'm working with at the moment who has shared recently that although she's been in business for about a year or so and doing really well, she realized that she really was still thinking of herself as like an employee, but she was just sort of selling her time. And so although she wasn't an employee, she just still was thinking in that same way. And when she started to really focus on and accept the fact that she was a business owner, it started to change the way that she approached what she was doing and what she was seeing as possible in her business. Another podcast interview, uh, the beautiful Natalie Dwyer, who helps Australian-based brands mostly get their products listed and selling on Amazon. She's a specialist in that area. And she shared that her observation is that it's all about mindset, that every level of progress, every level of achievement or challenge brings a new challenge and that working in your business was just feeling like a continual stretch of her mindset. And she shared a couple of tips, which I'll share with you as well, about how you can leverage the fact that your mindset is a huge influencer over the results that you get. And it's not necessarily something that people wake up in the morning and think, okay, I want to start my own business, but I really need to work on my mindset. I don't know that it's something that really occurs to people until you get into it. And it also probably doesn't sound like it's very fun It doesn't sound like it's a really successful marketing strategy or tactic, but trust me, it has come up a lot in this podcast series because it is a big, big influencing factor. So a couple of tips for you. Number one, don't underestimate the impact of your mindset. In fact, a lot of people will say that your results are 80% mindset and 20% action. So You can't action your way out of a mindset that's not working for you. It underpins everything. So even though it's not really that fun, it's not something necessarily you'll learn at a social media marketing training, it is a critical one for you to really embrace and explore. Um, The second thing for you to really be thinking about is how can you continue to step into the mindset of you being the CEO of you because CEO you is the one job that you have for life. If you go into business for yourself, it's even more important for you to be stepping into that CEO visionary headspace and mindset. I've done lots of other episodes where I've talked about what the CEO you mindset is and how you approach it. And I talk about it a lot in the private Facebook group that I have. So if you haven't already joined that Facebook group and you are a woman who's wanting to start and grow your own business, then come and join us there. It's go to Facebook and just search in the Facebook search bar, uh, career change, start and grow your own business. And we tackle a lot of mindset pieces uh, in there. And in fact, through July, I've committed to doing a daily Facebook live video training. So, and mindset is a big piece that we will be uh, covering. If you want to be tackling that, then uh, jump in there and join us uh, to keep developing and stretching your mindset. So that is common challenge number one and a couple of tips for you. The second common challenge that was brought up in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the interviews is the impact of 
feeling isolated working from home. Now, for a lot of these interviews, the interviews happened before COVID hit. And so the isolation of working from home is something that these women didn't really expect. So uh, one example was Peter Gillian from Strong Healthy Women. She shared that the loneliness of working for herself and working from home was not something that she had anticipated before she started working for herself. She really, really felt it after years of working, leading teams in a workplace in high-level GM management roles. There were other things that she anticipated would be a challenge, but the isolation and the loneliness that she would feel, she didn't really anticipate. So she's not alone with that either. It's a lot of other people shared that as well. Uh, Bianca DeRoost, she's another one who also shared that the isolation and the loneliness factor of working for herself was something she didn't anticipate and that she has to consciously put things in place in order to try and manage that because otherwise she noticed that she would have a bit of a spiral of her mood and her mindset not being that positive or productive if she didn't put these things in place and she just continued to feel that sense of isolation. For me, this was a big one. Now, I knew that this was going to be a challenge for me this time around because I had had a previous coaching business where I was mainly doing one-on-one coaching. And whilst I was working with clients, that was great. But when I wasn't on a call with a client, then there was only me. And I was really noticing not having teammates and colleagues around. And so this time around, when I started the business, I knew that I wanted to have some kind of sense of connection, which is why for a long time, for many years, I was also doing a lot of freelance facilitation work for other companies. And that was a strategy that I put in place to manage that sense of loneliness for just working for myself and working from home. So if you're feeling a sense of loneliness, if you're relatively new in your business and you're starting to notice that, you're not alone. It's very common. So a couple of tips for you. One that worked for me is when I know I've got stuff to do in my business, so it's not like I can just, you know, go and meet a friend and, you know, go and go for lunch or go and see a movie or whatever. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll just take my laptop and I'll go and I'll work from a cafe. So even though I'm not really meeting with anyone and I'm not, you know, like socializing, I'm just there working in an environment where there's a bit of a buzz of activity and people energy around you have to be a bit respectful of not sitting in a cafe for five hours and only buying one cup of coffee but for me sometimes I'll do that and I'll do like a working lunch from a cafe just to get a little bit of that buzz and also just to get out of the home office the other day I did this where I had to uh, take something to the post office and literally the post office there's a little local one that is probably a three-minute walk from my house. And so I did that. And it was such a beautiful time in the afternoon. The sun was out. It was crispy. It was cool. But in the sun, it was gorgeous. And I thought, I don't want to just hurry back to the office, but I also can't, you know, just not do anything for half an hour or so. So I just literally walked the long way back around a couple of blocks and then went home. And just that little gift I guess of giving myself the opportunity to be outside of the house again even though I wasn't 
meeting with someone else. I wasn't um, on the phone even. I wasn't listening to a podcast. None of that. I was just out and in the sun and moving my body. It just gave me another little boost that was disproportionately positive. So those kinds of things can be relatively easy to do. They don't take a lot of time. They don't cost a lot of money, but it's a different energy boost that you can give yourself. The other things that you can do are things like arranging meetings. You know, yep, maybe arrange to meet someone at a cafe, you know, for a coffee or to have lunch. Or what some people do is they arrange to meet, but they're having working meetings. And this is something that I spoke about with one of my clients this week that, you know, she really wants to plan out more of her social media in advance and she struggles to do it on her own. So I suggested that she, because she's mentioned she had a friend that has the same problem, I suggested that they go to a cafe and they grab a coffee and then they spend 30 minutes working on their social media and then they can bounce ideas off each other, but they turn it into a working catch-up. So if you've got someone that is also working in their own business, then uh, you could do those kind of working catch-up meetings. The other thing that is a tip that maybe doesn't directly seem like it links to the sense of isolation or loneliness of working from home, but I do think that's an important related one, which is around setting some boundaries around what you do if you are working from home in terms of things like what your work hours are and try to stick to them. So I'm not a stickler for nine to five hours. Sometimes I'll start earlier. Sometimes I'll start later. Often I work later. Uh, I get into a bit of a groove later in the day, uh, I think is part of my energy rhythm. Um, But work out for you what your working boundaries are and try to stick to those so that you're not feeling like all you ever do is work. It's important that you actually schedule some things that are social things or personal um, self-care things to remind yourself that you're not just all work and no play. Challenge number three, which was a common one that came up in a lot of the 20 interviews that I have done so far with women who've started their own business after the age of 40, was around the challenge of finding support. Because most of the women that I interviewed, and in fact, most of the women that I interact with and know that are in business for themselves, most of us don't have an automatic network of other women who own businesses around them. In fact, one of my clients I was speaking to today, she is part of the conversation. We were talking about a few different things and she said, oh, actually, I don't think I know anyone else that's in my friend network who owns their own business. And it's interesting when you start to think about it because the percentage of people that own their own business is much smaller than the percentage of people who are employees, although things are growing and on the entrepreneurial front. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with shifting that over time, whether that does happen or not. A lot of the women that I interviewed shared that they had to be more proactive with seeking out support to help them grow their business. One example was Shauna, who uh, used to be a financial planner and she's now working for herself and she describes herself as a, uh, a bookkeeping uh, and life coach, sort of combining the financial side and the life side. She didn't know what she wanted to do exactly when she left her successful uh, job. She left her job due to 
what she describes as values conflicts where the culture had changed in the organisation. She got a new boss and they just were not aligned in terms of the way they like to work or communicate. And so at that time, she started working with a coach who really helped her to clarify some ideas of what her options could be and to then take action to explore some of those options. She also, in the podcast uh, conversation we had, talked about how she reached out and found and connected with a new network of women that were in business to help form some new connections and they ended up having a little group that helped support each other even though they were at different stages of their business. It was great for her to have this different group of women that understood the kinds of things that she was working on when it came to things like creating her website and designing a logo and choosing her business name and all of those things that you have to do in the setup phase of any business. Another interview that I did where this was a question that came up or a challenge that came up was with Michelle Irving. She similarly uh, has been working in her business for a while but only recently she found a coach who she's really, really connected with who is helping her to take her business online instead of it just being a one-on-one service and an, and a uh, in-person service. And so this coach is providing a different kind of support for her and it's stretching her to grow in directions and much bigger than she perhaps initially thought that she could. And that's an example of what can happen when you find the right kind of support for what you need for where you're at Not trying to do everything all at once, but actually realizing that reaching out and finding support is a good thing. Bianca Derus, who I mentioned earlier, uh, this is an interesting one. And if you haven't listened to this episode, you know, and you're interested in this kind of thing, I really encourage you to go and listen. She discovered a few years ago that she has a skill or a gift or however you want to describe it of being able to communicate with animals and That was something that was very surprising for her, shocking for her, and she didn't really know how to talk about that with other people. And so fortunately, she found a network of people who share the same skills or gift, and that allowed her to have a connection of like-minded people that were able to support her as she navigated what this all meant and what she was going to do with it. So support can take on different flavors and it will shift at different stages in your business as well. But a couple of thoughts for you that if you're feeling like you might benefit from finding some support, then a couple of things you could consider. One is to just ask yourself and create a bit of a list of who do you know who has their own business, who currently runs their own business. You might be surprised when you start to think about it or put the vibe out there to realize who you do know or to realize, wow, I don't have anyone in my network. So firstly, ask that question of yourself, see what comes up for you. The other thing that you can do is to search for groups in your industry online. So whether they are meetup groups, whether they are on LinkedIn, whether they are in Facebook, uh, If you're interested and wanting to join a group that's all about supporting women starting and growing their own small business, then I'd love to invite you to come and join my Facebook group, 
go to Facebook, search for Career Change, start and grow your own business. And I'd love for you to come and join us there. You could also, when you think about the type of support that you want, is to consider looking for and working with a coach or looking for appropriate training courses or paid group coaching programs that you could join. Now, this again is going to be something that's going to be different for different stages of your business and different preferences and learning style. I offer private coaching and I also have a small group program. The doors to that program are currently closed, but will be opening again later this year. Some people really want the deep dive of the one-on-one private coaching. It's more intense, it's more expensive, but they tend to get progress happening faster because it's all focused on them. Other people prefer a group environment because they get to bounce off multiple other people and get multiple perspectives on what they're working on and can learn from and support each other. Uh, And other people go, oh no, there's so many free groups. I'm just going to, you know, join all these different free groups. And you totally can. And I'm part of quite a few free groups, but it's a very different kind of support. Even the type of coaching that you might need will probably change at different times in your business and for you to accept that that's okay, that one size fits all forever is probably never going to happen. So just asking yourself, what kind of support do I think I need and where could I get or create that support? Just don't try to do it all alone. It's exhausting. It's lonely. Sometimes it's more expensive in the long run. So reaching out, asking for help, looking for support is a good one for you to manage that challenge. And last, but definitely not least, of the four common challenges that women who have started their own business after the age of 40 have faced is, drumroll please, money issues. This one is a big one. I think this came up in almost every single interview. The money issues ranged from challenges right from the get-go of being employed and having a great, reliable, regular salary and being worried about replacing that salary quickly or straight away, whether or not they would be able to make any money, whether anyone would ever pay them. Uh, Many people had friends and family in their life actually say to them, why would anyone pay you for that? So there's a whole gamut of money issues that come up right from the beginning. And then even once you're in business, let's say you do get to the point where you've built up a a buffer, a saving fund that you're going to live off while you're building up your business. Um, Even if you're doing that, there's still going to be money issues that are going to come up down the track once you're in business as well. A couple of examples of interviews where this was talked about was Rachel Huntley, who uh, shared that for her, the move was a scary decision. And what made it scary was that she was used to having this regular income and used to feeling very in control of her finances. And to go into a space of not feeling that way really was quite confronting for her. So, you know, that can be that initial hurdle of where's the money going to come from? 
Another example is um, Siona Roberts, who's uh, a fabulous human being. She's working on her business as a side gig whilst she's still doing a high level um, management role in her full-time employed role until she is earning enough money in her business to get to a point where she can work on her business full-time and let her job go. For her, that's an example of where the money side of things is hugely influential on what she does and doesn't do in her business because until she's earning a certain amount, until certain debts are paid off to a certain level, she is seeing it that it's not an option for her to focus purely on the business, even though she would love, love, love to be in that situation. So the money issues can impact so many things. It impacts things like your pricing and like in Siona's example, the timing of when you have time available to work on your business and when you might pull that ripcord to work uh, exclusively on your business instead of having another job. Another example in a different kind of way around money was Donna Marks, who she started, she went from HR into starting a social media business and she got busy really, really quickly. She got booked out. But what she realized very quickly also was that she was maxed out at capacity, but still not earning enough money because her rates were too low. So that's an example of where, you know, how you're looking at your pricing and what you're offering is, is something that needs to be revisited. And then you've got to be thinking about, well, how do you approach increasing your rates and asking clients to pay more? Another conversation where money was an issue was Sally Latham, where she also is a social media and marketing um, support person. She shared that, you know, she's always been a really good saver, which I think is something that a few people shared where they said that that was something that really helped them in making the transition was that they were a good saver and they had a good slush fund built up. And she said that she can also be um, very tight, was her words, when she needs to be, to be able to cut back on certain things until her business um, grows to a point where, you know, some of those things don't have to be cut back as much. So, you know, you want to be looking at what your money style is. Another example was uh, Emma Paulette, who I mentioned earlier. Um, she noticed, and this is a bit of a woo-woo thing, she noticed that a lot of people apparently would cancel their yoga sessions around the new moon. If that's not too woo-woo for you, but she noticed a real pattern of that. So it forced her to have a look at how she structured her payment plans and what her criteria or conditions were around cancellations which linked back to that mindset piece of her not looking at her business as this little nice hobby thing on the side but actually if it's a real business then a real business has systems and processes and you know uh, policies around refunds and cancellations and reschedules and all of that kind of thing so you can start to see probably that there's a, a theme here of Money issues play out at lots of different stages in lots of different types of businesses, no matter what, whether you're regarding that you're really good with money from a savings perspective or money is something that you avoid looking at, it is going to pop up its head totally. So the biggest tip that I've got for you around this one is firstly to accept that you have money stories and you have money limitations. We all do. And 
they all play out in different ways in your business and at different stages. Some people think, oh, once I've earned X amount per month, I'll be totally fine. But then once you earn that amount per month, there's a whole new threshold of challenges and and, um, problems that you might have to be dealing with. So it doesn't go away ever. They just hopefully get to be better quality problems. (laughs) So another tip is for you to commit to learning about money, how you think, feel and act around money. And one way that you can do that is by doing a free quiz that I have designed that teaches you about the five money zones that are really blind spots that all women have to a certain extent around their money. So you can do this really quick five minute ticker box quiz and find out which blind spot is impacting you the most and how you can start working on it straight away to improve your relationship and results with money. So you can do that free quiz at thetransitlounge.com forward slash money quiz. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can access that free quiz. So they are the top four challenges that came out as themes after having done more than 20 interviews with women who started their own business after the age of 40. Really fascinating doing these interviews. If you haven't listened, then I really encourage you to go to listen to some of the episodes, maybe with some of the the women that I've used as examples here today, or just have a scroll through, see which ones you like the sound of. Recapping for you what those four common challenges were firstly mindset how you think about business and how that plays out in what you do and what you don't do second is a feeling of isolation in working for yourself and working from home third is seeking out the right kind of support how do you find whether it is a network a community or a coach that's going to be able to support you to move through the different challenges that will inevitably come up for you in your business and fourth money issues really important for you to explore and work through money challenges money limiting beliefs that you have to be able to make sure that you can create and earn the money that you deserve and we gave you that invitation for you to do the free money quiz and I'll put that link in the show notes so I'm going to be continuing the interview series for the second half of this year and it'll be interesting to see what other themes pop up and I'll be sure to do other little update episodes for you as they come along Have a listen to some of those interviews so that you can get some more insights and hear the stories about some of the other really great women who've shared their story about why they made the career change, how they figured out what they wanted to do, things that they have uh, tackled in terms of challenges and their insights of uh, working for themselves, stories from the other side. Have a listen. Let me know what you think and have a great week.